Hey, let's get her going there, bud. Welcome in to the second episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Nicosia, and today we're going to be breaking down the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Jackets fall to the Blackhawks 6-5 to five in a shootout loss. Um, Jackets steal a point here. They steal a point in a season where stealing a point is not all as great as it once was. The Jackets were the king of stealing points in seasons past, and this year when you're taking one point while a team that you're directly competing against gets two, it doesn't mean quite as much. Uh, This season, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, boys. Uh, Gotta be better. But for just initial takes on the game, uh, really proud of the way this team played. You never want to see five goals get scored on you. If they score five, you got to score six. Unfortunately, we only scored five. One point, but hey, there we go. Uh, For a second, when this team was down 5-3 in the third, I was thinking to myself, is this uh, the last game against Nashville all over again? Are we just going to dump and chase for the entire third period, establish no zone time, and uh, lose in what John Tortorella called a disappointing effort uh, from that game uh, against Nashville. Not the case here. Blue Jackets were able to battle back, get the game tied up, and uh, I gotta say, in the first period, I was worried, incredibly worried. This team looked flat and like flatter than a soda that's been cracked left outside on a hot summer's day four shots in the first period four to chicago 17 it outside of one great play by boone jenner to spring cam on a breakaway to get the puck past the goalie if that play doesn't happen i could easily have seen the jackets going down 3-0 in the first could have happened and this could have been an ugly game from start to finish but they were able to get one in uh have a little bit of confidence in the game only down by one and then who patrick line more on patrick the cannon line uh, in a little bit but let's just get uh, into the game here so first goal Soderberg puts one past Corpy uh, assisted by Debrinkit and Patrick freaking Kane Ugh. but this one looked like one that Corpy would have liked to have back he threw his blocker at it uh, just missed it Went past the pad and in. Uh, One of the slowest goals you'll ever see get past Corpy in the NHL. I'm sure he would have loved to have this one back. But regardless, uh, Blackhawks get out to the early lead. Second goal, 10 minutes in. uh, Bad turnover by the Jackets, uh, giving the Blackhawks a two-on-none breakaway. Can't fault Corpy at all for this one. This was just entirely on the defense, which the Jackets have seemed to abandon uh, in the past couple of games. But two on one 
Patrick Kane gets the goal assisted by Suter and Yanmar. The only positive I could take out of this play was that Corpy sneakily finishes a check on Patrick Kane after the goal. Uh, If you didn't see it, I'd recommend going back and watching the second goal of this game because Corpy just sort of casually slides out. And, um, you know, as a Jackets fan, I'm not going to say I didn't like it. Uh, especially when you're playing against a guy like Patrick Kane, who they cannot seem to stop. He seems to have the Jackets number. So, uh, Corpy finishing the check on Patrick Kane after the goal, not exactly a clean play, but if that can deter him from maybe going towards the net, maybe maybe keep doing it. I don't know. Corpy's a feisty guy. I've uh, seen him get a little handsy in the blue crease uh, with guys who he thinks are getting a little too close. So, uh, honestly, to be expected from Corpy, uh, not too much to go on there besides a terrible turnover. And then Jackets get some life back in them, uh, are able to get in a goal. Boone Jenner with a great play to Spring Cam, who just always seems to find a way to get behind the opposing team's defense and get himself... Uh, one-on-ones with the goalie so cam keeps getting it done he's riding a crazy hot streak right now and cam is known as a streaky player Uh, and he's extending this streak farther than i thought he would it got broken last game against nashville but he's he's still getting it done uh, for the team which i love to see out of cam Uh, Always a huge Cam fan. Number 13 has a special place in my heart for what he's done for the Columbus Blue Jackets and what he continues to keep doing. So good uh, good for Cam. Uh, Rest of the period, uh, as I said in the beginning, not looking good for the Jackets. Uh, Minimal zone time. Chicago just sort of dominated us, and it was tough to watch. Then we get to the second And this is where it gets fun. The Jackets power play doesn't look apathetic anymore. Large in part to Patrick the Cannon Line. Line, power play goal assisted by Seth Jones and Jack Roslevic. And Line just with the patented one-timer just rips it from the top of the left circle and I mean, what what a goal from Patrick Line. That that one was uh, just that's what you want to see out of my man Line. Uh, want to get him comfortable on that Jackets power play. And if Line is not getting at least one look per power play, he doesn't you know might not shoot it every time. But we need to get Patrick some looks because he he can put them home if they're there. It's Something new to see on the Jackets where you just have a goal scorer that, you know, if the shot's there more times than not, he's going to put it on net and in a good spot with an excellent chance to score. So Patty uh, with his first goal of the game, great to see it. Then following that, eight minutes into the second period, uh, first goal of the season for Brandon Hagel, uh, assisted by Patrick Kane. And Soderberg. Uh, this one just 
tough play. Corpy makes a great initial save and is just completely out of the net. Uh, when he makes that save, he had to 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 get that one. This one can't be on Corpy. Uh, defense has got to just try and buy him a couple of extra seconds. But when you're playing against Patrick Kane, a couple extra seconds are very hard to come by. Hagel puts in his first of the season. Jacket's got to stop doing this. Uh, drives me nuts. But happens nonetheless. Can't blame Corpy more on the defense. But, oh well. And uh, this period was the Patrick Line show. This was the show I've been waiting for. Uh, Line with multiple goals. Another power play goal for Patrick Line. This is one of the reasons why I really liked him coming into the Blue Jackets. He would be able to put in goals like this on the power play for a team that has so desperately struggled on the power play. So line A able to put one in uh, assisted by Seth and Cam. Uh, Seth's got 10 assists now on the season. Uh, Good to see that out of Seth. I think he's one of our only consistent players uh, on the D side of the ice. And then Dominic Kublak uh, late in the second. I mean, it was a great shot. Screened coming down from the top of the point and it Corpy didn't see it until it was already in the back of the net uh, this shot was hummed past him and just high and he had no he had no shot at saving this one at all so the jackets are now down 4-3 at this point but jackets are down um, and then another guy with his first goal of the season in the third, uh, Bobquist. Uh, didn't know if it went in the back of the net, but uh, assisted by Kublak and none other than the Jackets' favorite player to give up points to, Patrick Kane. Oh, God. And this one just... It's, it's never fun to watch the Jackets go down 5-3. Um, it, it just giving up five goals in a game, you give yourself such a small amount of chance to win. And uh, the Jackets were obviously able to tie it up uh, thanks to some great plays towards the end. But yeah, never, never want to see the Jackets going down 5-3. The beginning of the third period gives you flashbacks of the previous game that we just watched down two against Nashville. Uh, that was a tough game. So from my initial take, great to see this team battle back. It's, I love the Blue Jackets. I just want to see them try hard. I'm going to be a fan no matter what, uh, even if they're the bottom of the NHL or if we ever get the off chance to hoist a Stanley Cup. Uh, I will always be there rooting for the boys. So... It's it's good to see when you know they have passion for what they do out there on the ice because uh, I have a lot of passion for it as a fan. So, getting more into the third period, more of the fun stuff. Uh, Bjorky uh, putting in one from the left circle, uh, doing his best Patrick Line impression on the power play. 
Uh, great to get Bjorky going. Bjorky's been quiet. Uh, this was one thing I was going to talk about if he didn't score is where's Oliver Bjorkstrand? Uh, just signed him to a nice five-year contract and great to see him producing. I know he can. He's got a wicked shot. Great playmaking ability. Fights hard on the boards. Uh, love watching Bjorky play. Uh, also, as a side note, Bjorkstrand has the longest name on the Blue Jackets and is tied up on a nice long-term deal. So if you're looking to buy a jersey, I might recommend an Oliver Bjorkstrand one. He's got the longest name, so you're getting the most bang for your buck as far as the letters on the back go. But Bjorki puts in a nice one from the left circle, assisted by Roslovic and Gabriel Carlson. Carlson getting some run on the power play. Torts is definitely seeing something out of this kid, and so am I. Uh, pre-game, Torts was talking about, what about, uh, reporter asked him, what do you think about the bottom 2D? We're going to have Wierenski coming back. Uh, where do you think that shakes up? And he made a comment that was like, uh, for, forget about the bottom two. That That isn't quite as important. I don't know what's going on with our starting four, with our top four D-men. And I mean, Torch brings up a great point. Our defense has not looked good. It hasn't looked good by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, even if we go back two games to where we beat Nashville three to zero, uh, I mean, Elvis kept us in that game. Elvis absolutely kept us in that game. Uh, if he didn't play well, it could have been a different story, but he did, and we ended up getting that win. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of questions on the Jackets' blue line right now, and it seems like the coaches are giving Carlson a run. I mean, he's a first-round draft pick, so it's good to see him panning out. They definitely saw something out of this kid when he was coming into the league. So he's he's getting his chance, and he's making the most of it. Two points in two games played for the Jackets. A goal in his first game and an assist in the second, uh, especially on the power play uh, to get the Jackets within one halfway through the period. Absolutely love to see that out of Carlson, uh, picking up an assist, and then Bjorky getting going. Great stuff. And then how about the play 16 minutes into the third period? That was just uh, a beauty of a pass. Last episode, I was talking about Line A fighting on some board battles, trying to win some pucks. Well, Line A won a puck, and then he made an incredible pass, absolutely world-class pass. This guy, he can get it done shooting the puck, but he can also make the passes that the Jackets need to tie games. Uh, in this case, but he made a phenomenal pass to Oliver Bjorkstrand. Bjorki almost didn't believe it that the puck got to him. He was like, wow, that's for me? Thank you. All gift-wrapped and beautiful from Mr. Line, fresh from Finland. And absolutely buries it in the back of the net. Even the goalie was surprised that uh, this puck was on Bjorki's stick, and Bjorki made the most of it. Uh, he was definitely feeling it. Jackets able to hold off some rushes from from the Blackhawks, and I almost thought that uh, the Jackets were going to get another one towards the end. They were putting on some pressure when uh, the last four minutes of the game, but Lykanen keeps him out, and uh, we go to overtime now. 
All I wanted out of this overtime was to not watch one of the Jackets make a bad defensive play and then we lose because of a defensive lapse and I have to watch this on Sports Center for the next three days. That's all I wanted. I never expect anything going into an overtime, uh, especially with this team. So it was exciting to watch, very exciting to watch. But uh, Jackets, we get Bjorky at the end. That's what I'd like to talk about. Bjorkstrand at the end gets a breakaway one-on-one with Lycanin and almost able to bury it. Uh, He had an initial shot where Lycanin just threw out his left pad and shut the door on him. But then he gets the rebound and almost backhands it home. And I'm sitting there screaming at my TV. Oh, God, it it was fun to watch as a fan. And I I love to see that. That's just that's that's why we are fans. It's entertainment. And that was an incredibly entertaining overtime, even though I could have seen that going going the Jackets' way. It definitely could have gone the Jackets' way. So when when it doesn't, it's definitely tough to tough to stomach. But it happens. It happens, and with this team, it seems to happen more. Um, so we go to a shootout, and of course, the man who ended our hopes of winning an overtime the last time we played the Blackhawks uh, Alex Debrinkit puts one past Corpusalo uh, the, the Jackets on the shootout I mean talk about disappointing uh, Cam said in the post game you know when you can't bury him on the shootout it's uh, it's sort of embarrassing, especially when it rolls off your stick like that. But no no fault to Cam here. Cam's been playing great hockey, and I uh, I love watching Cam play. So just hope he hangs in there. My goodness, it can be disappointing. Uh, but oh well. Um, thankfully, Kane missed. That's that's what I was really rooting for when I saw Patrick Kane get out there. I was just like, just don't make it. That's just no more no more good plays out of Patrick Kane. I'm tired of them. He took all of his money out of the bank in the regular parts of the game and didn't score on the shootout. So thankfully, um, Roslevic with, uh, also with the puck rolling off of his stick in that as well. Uh, um, just to reiterate, Jackets followed the Blackhawks 5-6 shootout loss. Get the point. Point's not quite good enough. We're directly competing with this team in the rankings. So when you get one, they get two. Tough. But some things to watch for the next game. Uh, Jackets power play is not apathetic. Great to see. Get line A the puck. Uh, And if you can't get line A the puck, then someone else is probably wide open. So get it to them. some things to watch uh, nice little sequence in the in the third uh, creating a four on four uh, David Savard <laughs> getting back into the lineup and uh, definitely uh, letting Patrick Kane know about it huh uh, gives Kaner a little ride into the boards uh, 
Uh, it, was, it was definitely a penalty, but I can't say I didn't like watching it. Uh, Patrick Kane, he, he's a great player. He's a phenomenal player, one of the best American-born hockey players to ever uh, lace him up. Kane takes some exception to that, gives him a nice hard whack on the back of his calves, and uh, <laughs> some Blackhawks players had something to say to Savard about riding their uh, longtime star into the boards, but... Uh, both guys end up getting a penalty. So that'll be something interesting to watch for next game is uh, just Savard and Kane. Uh, they'll probably keep going at it. Uh, Savard got a penalty uh, one point there in the third on Patrick Kane. Uh, sort of just swept his legs out from under him, uh, got behind him, and just uh, skated right on through his legs. But that's... Uh, Savvy's a he's a savvy player. He's he's gonna go out there and uh, create some havoc, and uh, definitely was on display tonight. So something to watch for next game, uh, Savard and Kane. Uh, something else I want to talk about. You know, towards talking about the top four D, uh, Gavrikov hasn't particularly played all too well. Uh, I love Gabby. Love seeing him come up last year, but with Wierenski out. He uh, looks a little out of place on that first D pairing with Seth Jones. So I'll be interested to see what Torts does in the next game uh, with Gavrikov. He's he's a good player. I think he belongs in the top 4D. He's uh, carved out a great spot for himself there. But just a, some inconsistent play, a lot of turnovers, and um, very squirrely with the puck. Uh, if he feels uncomfortable in his in our D zone, he's his default is just to throw it down the ice, and sometimes not even where someone can make a play on it. He'll just chuck it down the ice, and we'll get icings, and it's just like Gabby, I love you, man, but uh, it's just calm down here. It's like you got a little bit of time and space. Let's see if we can make a pass. Uh, you know, control the puck in our own zone so we can move it up ice. Because uh, there was a point in time in the second period where Patrick Line took the puck in the neutral zone and carried it through a couple of Blackhawks, got into the offensive zone, and settled the puck down. And it sort of sparked this movement, I think, among the Jackets was like, hey, we don't need to do this dump the puck thing all the time. It, I understand the philosophy behind dumping the puck, but you know, in cases like Gabrikov, like just just settle down. And I think Kleine is kind of leading by example here and saying, guys, we we gotta just settle down. We can't make a living here dumping and chasing all the time for every offensive zone possession. We've gotta. Just rely on our stick handling. I mean, you guys are all in the NHL for a reason. You guys, we have some big bodies out there, too. I mean, Kevin Stenland followed up Line and said, I'll do you one better, and uh, also carried it well through the neutral zone and uh, into the O zone in the second period and sort of sparked a movement there for the rest of the game. It was really nice to watch as a fan, you know, seeing so much of the Tortorella dump and chase in previous uh, years and games this season. So Jackets, 
able to carry it in the zone and uh, some questions about Gabrikov uh, staying on that first pairing. I imagine when Zach comes back, uh, that will be changed. Uh, another point, uh, can the Blue Jackets stop Patrick Kane? Uh, this dude had four points. Four points. One goal, three assists. Was an absolute monster playing against us. This guy's a great player, but can we maybe fixate on him a little bit? I mean, when a team scores five goals and four of them have to do with Patrick Kane... I think that should be a slight indication that maybe we should focus on this guy a bit more. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, and they are, but from what I could tell, we're just treating him like a normal player, and quite honestly, Patrick Kane is not a normal player. Not even close to a normal player. He's a phenomenal player, and he's the best player on the Blackhawks and has been so for quite some time. Uh, You know, maybe give or take some Taves and Duncan Keith in there, but we've we've got to figure out how to stop this guy. I mean, we we're gonna see this team again on Thursday, and we're gonna see them again in the regular season. It, we're directly competing with them for points. We're right with them in the standings. About so we we've got to figure out how to stop this guy. He's just an absolute monster out there. He's destroying us. Four goals. Uh, had some way either a goal or assist by Kane. So tough, tough to watch. Got to figure out if we can stop him. Uh, Another point uh, from the game, something to watch. Mentioned this a bit earlier. Great to see Bjorkstrand getting some goals. Bjorky's been a little slow this season. Uh, Only had four goals coming into this game for a guy that as I said, just signed a nice contract. It's it's good to see him get going again. I knew he would. It was just a matter of time. And I think putting him out there with Line A is helping him. You know, you put Cam out there with Line A, Cam goes on a hot streak. Put Bjorky out there with Line A, and Bjorky gets two goals. Great to see. So that'll be something to watch uh, what Torts is going to do with those lines. Uh, I, I love Bjorky on the opposing winger of line A. I do like that because Bjorky can put him home too with the rest of them. He can score. A wicked wrist shot. Might not have the one-timer of line A, but his wrist shot comes off fast and hard, and it is fun to watch Bjorky shoot and score goals. So Bjorky on the opposite side of line A, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see see where he stacks up in the lineup next on on Thursday when they play the Blackhawks next. But uh, he also put Felino in the middle. I don't mind that uh, putting Felino in the middle of Bjorkstrand and line A. Uh, have a nice veteran defensive presence. I thought Nick played his role well tonight. Uh, holding down Felino's corner. Uh, Nick loves to play in the corner. Uh, if you're not familiar, I, I call it Felino's corner. Everyone stay out of Felino's corner. He, he dominates that space on the ice. Uh, he's been doing it for a while for the Blue Jackets, and he was able to do that tonight. 
Uh, just keeping puck possession was huge for this team in the second and third period. And Felino was a, a good part of that later on in the game. Um, just some closing thoughts here as we wrap it up. The uh, news uh, with the Blue Jackets. You know, we've all watched Liam Foodie play this year. Uh, Foodie recently, you know, a couple games ago, got moved to the taxi squad. Uh, he's now on the Monsters. I don't hate the move. The guy, the guy's a really young kid. Definitely needs as much ice time as he can get. He's, we're doing no service to him by just putting him on the taxi squad and having him not skate. So sending him down to the monsters definitely makes sense here. Get just get him some more ice time, and if we gotta get him ice time in the minors, then we get him ice time in the minors. He's just gotta gotta keep working on his game. Uh, he's super fast player, very fast player. Sometimes it seems like his game is a little repetitive, uh, and if he's playing against the same guys out there uh, with line matchups, you can kind of figure him out pretty quickly. He just kind of goes down the side and then throws a nice little backhand in front of the net. Uh, tends to work the first time and then they figure it out and then he's sort of shut down for the rest of the game so foodie on the monsters uh don't hate the move and all in all some other news uh nyquist is out there skating uh won't expect to see him back for quite some time uh elvis is out on ir uh we hope to get elvis back have no clue when he'll be back though and then looks like Wierenski is uh, gearing up to make a comeback. Uh, saw him out skating in the ice house. Uh, so it'll be good to get Zach back in the lineup and hopefully fix some of these defensive woes so we're not consistently giving up four to five goals a game. Uh, if Zach comes back and we're still doing that, then we need to do some soul-searching uh, for the Blue Jackets because they need to... Uh, they need to find themselves uh, defensively because you're not going to win very many games letting up five. And if you let up five, you got to score six. And I think the only way the Jackets score six is if, like, Line A has a hat trick or something or, you know, everyone scores a goal and we have a giant party in the middle of the ice. And, hey, we're getting fans back in Nationwide, baby. I'm uh, really excited. Absolutely going to one game. We'll possibly be able to get tickets to another, and then once the sale opens up to the general public, if there are any tickets left, I'm going to clamor and clamor for them. Um, hopefully they don't run up the prices too high. We'll have to see out there uh, fifth line, but I think having the fifth line back in the building for the first period is going to help the Jackets a lot, help them a ton. They, they were so flat in the first period and maybe having the fans out there giving them some CBJs, uh, some words of encouragement would would help big time. I mean, there'll be only less than 2,000 fans in the building, so they might even get to hear like you know some individual voices. Who knows? I mean, 
generally when you're playing sports in a competitive environment, you sort of block everything out. Kind of tough to hear anyone talk. I know when I was playing sports and people were yelling at me and they would ask me after the game if you heard me. I was like, I didn't hear anything. I, what are you talking about? You, you said something. He's like, I, uh, loud as, I yelled as loud as I could. <sighs> nope. Yep. Yeah, sort of blends in. Or blacked out and don't don't hear any of it at all but jackets uh fall to the blackhawks in a shootout five to six to gets the game winning goal in the shootout and we'll uh we'll see the blackhawks again on thursday Thank you for listening to this episode of The Cannon Fire Podcast. Again, I am your host, Jeff Nicosia, uh, signing off on the second episode. I thank you so much for listening if you're hanging in all the way to the end. And let's go, Jackets. Let's get her going, baby.